Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here on The Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to be entering into week number two of the NFL and fantasy season, which includes our Thursday night special here for week two. I do want to make a quick side note. I completely, and I mean completely, forgot about the Sunday Pick'em podcast. That's completely my bad. I'll try to make sure that never happens again. Little comes to worse. Honestly, I was just so devastated on the Iowa loss because typically I want to record them on Saturdays because when I do it on Saturdays, you know, it's the closest to game time. Typically, I'll be able to get, you know, last minute injuries, updates, etc. And Saturday came around. We had an inner squad first thing in the morning. Great. Came back, watched the Iowa game, went out to dinner and played poker and completely forgot about it. And I was just so devastated, like I said, about um, the Vikings ending up, uh, I'm not the Vikings, the Hawkeyes ending up losing another game um, and Spencer Petras being our quarterback. But here are my pickums, and I'll tell you how much or how well I did on them this week, and uh, we'll go from there. So I ended up going 7 out of 15, the one game being the tie between the Colts and the Texans. I got the Bills right over the Rams, the Fal- sorry, the Saints right over the Falcons. I got the 49ers wrong over the Bears. The Bengals wrong over the Steelers. The Lions wrong over the Eagles. I got the Dolphins right over the Patriots. The Ravens right over the Jets. The Commanders right over um, the Jaguars. The Panthers wrong home against the Browns. Obviously, Colts tied. I got the Vikings right over the Packers. Got the Titans wrong. Um, Everybody in the world probably got the Titans wrong over the Giants. I got the Chiefs right over the Cardinals, and then I got the Raiders wrong over the Chargers, the Cowboys wrong over the Buccaneers, and the Broncos wrong over the Seattle Seahawks. So those are my pickums for this week. 7 out of 15, about 50%. Can't be too shabby about that. And moving on to this week, um, how I'm going to be doing the Thursday night special probably moving forward is just recapping the first Thursday night game or last week's Thursday night game, which included the Bills and the Rams, and then previewed the Thursday matchup this week upcoming so the bills and the rams kicked off the nfl season last thursday and honestly i thought it was going to be a better game than it ended up being the bills did their job ran into uh los angeles with a win 31 to 10 looking at some stats here josh allen had a really good game and josh allen's already making the case for mvp in his week one going into this season i had josh allen as my mvp favorite and he really didn't seem to disappoint uh, to start things off this season 26 for 31 completions to attempts. That's actually really, really good. And that's probably the most underrated thing of his aspect in today's game, um, or I should say Thursday's game against the Rams, because obviously Josh Allen is a very good mobile quarterback, but I think he gets a lot of kind of the blame for his passing um, and his accuracy with that. They do throw the ball a lot. And so him having a tremendous completion percentage this game was huge for the Bills offense, as you were able to tell. 279 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. One of the interceptions wasn't even his fault, so I really would just want to take that away and make him have one interception. Overall, tremendous game. He also led the team in rush attempts and rushing uh, yards. It goes back to talking about how they don't um, you know, run the ball. He also had a rushing touchdown, too. Ten rushes, 56 yards, and one touchdown. Devin Singletary, eight carries, 48 yards, uh, and then... Zach Moss, six carries, 15 yards. I want to make a quick note, too. If you guys don't do remember, um, when we were doing our RB tiers, 
I said that uh, Zach Moss was going to be the number two running back, and Ben said, oh, you're an idiot. There's no way that's going to happen. It's going to be James Cook. Well, James Cook only got one carry for two yards, and he did fumble on that one carry. But it is something to note um, that Zach Moss did have more of a a game and was definitely the RB2 in that one. So I wanted to make that side note because I do know that Ben was giving me so much crap for it, and I said, hey, just watch out for Zach Moss. Receiving the typical, uh, Stephon Diggs, eight receptions, 122, and one touchdown. Gabe Davis, I sat him in two leagues. I feel like a moron now. Four receptions, 88 yards, and one touchdown. And uh, he basically, those two are the two main wide receiver targets. A little disappointing for Dawson Knox, only one catch for five yards. I think people are expecting Dawson Knox to have a little bit better of a game and probably have a little bit better of a season thus far. Um, I know it's week one, but last year around weeks four to six, he was the number one tight end in all fantasy. So, a little bit of a disappointment there. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of the defenders for the Bills today, or I should say uh, this game. Tremaine Edmonds had seven tackles. He led the way there. Um, interception to Dane Jackson for the Bills, and then also an interception to Jordan Poyer and Boogie Basham. Overall, really good outing for the Buffalo Bills. Let's take a look at the Los Angeles Rams, see where they were started. And Matthew Stafford really just struggled to today's game. Honestly, not too bad um, as far as completions are concerned. 29 for 41. You get rid of his three interceptions. He's 29 for 38, so not terrible. 240 yards, one passing touchdown, but the three interceptions did kill him. Daryl Henderson led the way as far as rushing is concerned. 13 rushes for 47 yards. I think that surprised a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting him to not necessarily be the main rusher, at least in week one. And with him being the rusher in week one, it definitely was confusing to a lot of people. And a lot of people that were fans and owners of Cam Akers because he only had three carries for zero yards. Matt Stafford had more yards than Cam Akers did. That's very disappointing. Receiving, this is obvious, Cooper Cup, 13 receptions, 128 yards, and one touchdown. Higby had a day, somewhat, five receptions for 39 yards. And Daryl Henderson had five receptions for 26 yards. So very interesting thing on that side for the Rams. I do think the Rams need to focus more on the running game. Um, they did rush the ball a decent amount, but I think they could have done more. And I really do believe they got to get Cam Akers involved. I don't know why they're so anti-Cam Akers. In my opinion, it doesn't really make sense. I know Cam Akers was injured, and he's trying to work back into the system. But you did put him in the playoffs last year, so you're not really concerned of his workload or workability. But definitely very interesting. I know a lot of Cam Akers fans are definitely going to be upset about that one. On the defensive side, Troy Hill really had himself a day. He had six tackles to go along with one interception. And then Terrell Lewis, the linebacker, also had an interception for the Rams. Matt Stafford and Ty Matt Stafford, Tyler Higman, and Cooper Cup each had a tackle too. So that's an uh, interesting side note to add there. Overall, a really bad game for the Rams and a really good game for the Bills. And it kind of set the tone for this year early on. I still have the Rams as my favorite in the NFC West just because they're so good. Um, but it's going to be something to see as we move forward into the NFL season. Let's take a look at this week's Thursday night matchup. It is the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be a really good game, a battle of the AFC West. The over-unders are already set for 54.5. The Chiefs at home are favored. The Chiefs, honestly, with a dominated performance in their Week 1 win against the Cardinals, 44-28. to um, You know, a lot of people were wondering how um, the Chiefs were going to be able to play this year with Tyreek Hill being gone and the addition of Juju and just the new offense and all that stuff that they were worrying about. But the Chiefs really... Uh, 
shut up those rumors right away and just played phenomenal football on both sides, not only on the offensive side, but how that Cardinals defense for the most part too. I mean, they scored um, 14 points in the fourth quarter. The Cardinals did, but I mean, those were garbage points. Nobody really cares about that. That was a good win for the Chiefs. Um, and just to kind of set the tone for this year and prove that, hey, they're still going to be, um, you know, atop the AFC West, at least for the moment. I think a lot of people, too, were expecting the Chargers to maybe overtake the Chiefs this year. And that's why this matchup's really magnified more. But a really good week one win, uh, win by the Chiefs and made the statement early on that, hey, um, we're going to be able to be okay and, and be just fine. The Chargers got the revenge last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. If you guys don't remember that game, that was one of the craziest NFL games you'll ever see in your life. The Raiders and the Chargers, the winner, would make it to the playoff. And if they tied, they both would make it to the playoff. And they almost tied, too. Um, if it weren't for the Chargers coaching, um, they probably would have both made the playoffs. And that would have been really sad if you were a Steelers fan. But anyways, they got the revenge over the Raiders. Kind of a sloppy game, I would say. 24-19 win. Defense, honestly, I wasn't expecting to be relevant in this one, but it really was for the most part, especially on the Raiders' end. The Chargers look good, though. Keenan Allen did get banged up, and that's something to look at um, if you are a, a Chargers fan going into this week. He was on pace to have a really good game and a really good start to his year, uh, but he did get injured, and so he is questionable for today's or Thursday's matchup um, against the Chiefs. But overall, a really good game by Herbert and that uh, rushing, receiving attack, and Really curious to see how this one's going to end up down the line, but it's really going to be poised for a great preview and uh, see who maybe can take that early lead in the AFC West hunt. Which leads me to my two keys to success. First for the Kansas City Chiefs. Continue their dominance. The Chiefs need to go out there and prove that not they're not only an offensive team, but they're also a defensive team. They need to go out there and set the tone early on that, hey, we're a team that needs to be taken seriously. Not saying that they aren't taken seriously, but with people kind of throwing in the loop and the idea that the Chiefs aren't really that anymore and all that stuff, it can be very disheartening and maybe kill some confidence and whatnot. But the Chiefs need to go out there, continue their dominance. They've continued their dominance, especially in the AFC West, for a period of time. They're playing at home, too. They're really good at home. Um, we've seen that throughout the regular season as well as the playoffs. And just really work on both sides. You know, the Chargers are going to be a little bit depleted. Most likely, I don't think Keenan Allen's going to play. If he does play... He's not going to be in the greatest shape as far as being able to, um, you know, make catches accordingly and all that stuff. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. But if they're able to continue their dominance, they should be fine, which kind of correlates to my next key to success. And the defense just needs to maintain the Chargers offense. The Raiders did a really good job of doing that. Again, it really helped that Keenan Allen did go down with an injury. But holding the Chargers offense to only 24 points and really kind of preventing Eckler from getting going in the passing attack is really something that the Chiefs need to do in this one if they want to have a chance because the Chargers do have a good defense overall, but, you know, the Chiefs offense kind of overtakes that. And so the the Chargers, I'm sorry, the Chiefs defense being able to make those key stops against the Chargers, oh, it kind of puts the Chargers defense in a particular position they don't want to be in. And if they're able to do that, I really do like the Chiefs' chances of winning this game. Let's switch gears to the Chargers. My first key is stop Patty Mahomo and his offense. I mean, it's kind of one of those things that's, vice versa, because if the Chargers are able to play good defense like they did against the Raiders, they have a really good chance against the Chiefs overall. You know, the Chiefs lost Tyron Matthew is the biggest piece on the defensive side that they lost. They still got some good players on the defensive side, but they're not as good defensively as they were in previous years. Now, it was week one last week, so defenses and offenses weren't necessarily in midseason form, but the Chargers defense did show some hope and, and show some light. They have really good guys on the defensive side. 
the Bosa, I can't remember. I always forget Nick or Joey as far as which one's on which team. So I'm just going to say Bosa. They also have Derwin James that's been there forever and a really good solid core as far as um, linebackers are concerned. you got Khalil Mack. So as far as weapons, the Chargers look really good, especially on the defensive side. So bring pressure. Patty Mahomes, obviously very good under pressure, but he's good in all circumstances. I do think the one thing that the Chargers should do if they're able to bring pressure, it forces Mahomes to make uh, quicker reads. And with that and having a new team, it might be one of those things that ends up being a benefit for them and something as they progress down the line, um, seeing them move and, and seeing how well they can be. And then finally, Herbert used all his weapons. Uh, Justin Herbert's going into this week with Keenan Allen being questionable, but on that offensive side, at least for the Chargers, there is some bright spots, and Keenan Allen isn't necessarily the last resort um, as far as staying healthy. Mike Williams has definitely proven himself in the Chargers, Joshua Palmer, DeAndre Carter, and Jalen Guyton, and then don't forget about the tight ends, Gerald Everett and Donald Parham Jr. So if Herbert's able to utilize his weapons successfully, I do like the Chargers air attack. And also, let's not forget about the running backs, too. Austin Eckler is one of the best fantasy players overall just because of the PPR he gets, you know, getting those receptions from Herbert. So if Herbert's able to utilize all his weapons, I think the Chargers offense is going to do more than enough to have success and ultimately help win this game for them and their uh, defense as well. Let's switch gears to my fa- or the fantasy portion. My must-start's going to be Gerald Everett. Now, Gerald Everett's had an interesting time. I believe he played for the Los Angeles Rams, if I'm not mistaken, uh, previously. But now finds his home in Los Angeles in, uh, you know, playing for the Chargers. And he is technically the number one wide receiver for them. He had three receptions, 54 yards, and one touchdown. Gerald Everett's a guy that I feel like is super underrated as far as fantasy is concerned. If you want a good budget tight end, um, you know, you definitely got the right guy um, with him. Just because of the way that he's, you know, played over the years, you know, being one of the more veteran players in this league. And I think, you know, a lot of people just sleep on him just because they're not really known for the, or known necessarily the name. He's only rostered in 13.6 leagues. So if you don't have him in your league, um, I definitely think you should pick him up. Uh, Justin Herbert has shown that he loves throwing to his tight ends and with that passing offense, even though he only had three receptions, I expect that to potentially double uh, in their Thursday night game. And he's definitely somebody that you're going to want to uh, go up uh, or play again or not play against, but start against, you know, your opponent this week. I must say, this is going to be a tough one. I really don't want to do this, but it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I honestly don't know how I feel about Clyde Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I just have never been a big fan of him. I did actually start him last week, and it was a good decision that I did. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it feels like week in and week out, is just so inconsistent. The main reason why he has success is his you know, uh, PPR points. He had only seven rushes for 42 yards, which actually isn't too bad. But on the receiving side, he only had three receptions, 32 yards, and two touchdowns, which is the reason why he had 22.4 fantasy points. It just scares me this week for sure running the football because nobody really wants to run against you know Joey Bosa, Kyle Van Noy, Kenneth Murray Jr., uh, Cleo Mack linebacking court. Nobody wants to do that. But also, too, if he's only gotten three receptions, you know, it's not one of those things that basically got three receptions and two of them were touchdowns. Do the math. The probability of that happening again is very slim to none. So it's one of those things that you take those touchdowns out of, you know, the way he's a running back that gets 11, 12 points last week, which isn't terrible, but it's one of those things that's just a little bit, a little bit questionable. The Cardinals defense obviously showed that they sucked. And so I think his production's not going to be great. And that's somebody that you should try to avoid starting this week. At least I'm going to avoid starting him this week. 
And if I'm doing it, then you should do it. My sleeper is going to be McCole Hardman. Now, McCole Hardman has, throughout his career, has been an interesting guy because McCole Hardman, I felt like, was one of those guys that was either boom or bust. You know, he'd be one of those guys that would get zero receptions or one reception for 57 yards and a touchdown just because of his speed and his athleticism. He had three receptions on six targets for 16 yards and one touchdown. I really do believe that McCole Hardman can fit into the flex position this week. I just think that. I don't know why he wasn't necessarily used um, as much as people, you know, as much as basically the uh, Chiefs offense was having success wise. I think this week he's got a really particularly a good matchup as far as um, cornerbacks and the uh, secondary is concerned for the Chiefs. And like I said, I'd just be curious to see how well he does this week. You know, Travis Kelsey obviously is the main wide receiver there, Juju Smith and, and Valdez Scantley, but McCole Hartman can be thrown into the mix and, and be one of the more valuable tight ends, sorry, wide receivers that the, this league has to offer. Duran James, J.C. Jackson, good, you know, safeties uh, and cornerbacks. But I do think McCall Hardman is going to have a good week to break through and uh, have success moving forward. And then my bus, you know, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to pick because there's one game, so you have to do like four, find like basically four starts, sleeper bus, etc. It's going to be Keenan Allen. Now, Keenan Allen is definitely an interesting choice this week. He is injured. Everybody does know that. And, that's one of the biggest question marks surrounding him uh, you know, going into this week. Is he going to be able to play? And he's questionable right now. And one of those things, too, um, I just don't know. If he's going to play, he's really not going to be productive. You know, they're going to try to – it's a long season, so long story short, I don't think he's going to play. If it was maybe week 11, week 12, where this was a big game that could potentially decide the, the division, yeah, he probably would play. But kind of where he's at and the position that he's in, even if he does play his – risk for playing is way higher and his risk for being bad this week is also way higher it's just not really a good decision to start keenan allen and i think even if he plays he's going to be limited you know maybe only getting in 20 percent of the snaps it's just going to be a messy situation i do have the chiefs dominating the charges in this one 41 to 14. like i said it's going to be hard to play an arrowhead the Chargers are a good team from the makes of it they won a good game uh, against the, the raiders 24 19. But the Chiefs right now are just so overpowered. They're really good. Travis Kelsey, Mahomes have that good connection. Schuster and Valdez Scanley are getting thrown in the mix. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was doing some scoring too. And I think the Chiefs are going to go dominant on both sides of the football, not only on the offensive side, but defensive side. And it's going to be another commanding win for them to kind of bolster their campaign moving forward. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. Make sure you guys do like, share, whatever you guys do. Make sure you follow the Twitter at the Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding the truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value I know you do not want to miss. Like I said, I apologize for missing the pick'em. I will try not to miss it this week. On Saturday, I will be posting my NFL slash fantasy preview where I'll recap the Sunday and Monday games as well as get you guys prepared for the Sunday and Monday games for the upcoming week. If you guys have any suggestions that you want to see, especially earlier on in the week, Feel free to let me know. And until next time, it is your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hassan, signing out. Take care and good night.